Welcome to another episode of Orange, Black, and Beyond, where we talk about Oregon State University sports, giving as much attention as we can to the sports that don't get all the attention that football and men's basketball gets. Uh, I'm Brian, OSU class of 1996, and my co-host is Pete, OSU class of 1993. Hey, Brian. Hey. Well, this, uh, this season, it's been really easy to not talk about men's basketball. It's actually preferred because yeah. <laughs> not having a great season, but... Uh, uh, we do have a lot going on in, in beautiful sunny Corvallis, which of course is Latin for the heart of the valley. So uh, might as well talk about football, though. The last time we talked, it was just before the bowl game. Yep. And uh, they wrapped up their season with the loss to Utah State in the uh, Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. And while it's never just one thing, because, you know, their first drive looked like they're going to win the game 800 to nothing. They just marched down the field and then pretty much everything went wrong after that, but there was just this moment you could kind of see the writing on the wall, which was when uh, uh, Utah State's starting quarterback goes out with an injury, and OSU's defense just wasn't ready for the backup quarterback. He came in, first play, throws a 70-odd-yard touchdown, <laughs> and then it's like, well, yeah. that's about that. They, he just sliced and diced him the rest of the night like he's a chef at Benihana, so... It's good to have that game behind them and move on to next season anyway, but it was it was nice to get there. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, overall, it was great to have the first winning season since 2013. Right. Uh, it, it's great that the program exceeded its fundraising goal for rebuilding research for those that watched them blow that up. Right. Um, the, so uh, it was cool. You know, the stadium's imploded. It does look weird. If you haven't been down there, it does look weird, uh, but that not there because I've seen that side all my life. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, it's good that they'll get that rebuild underway and be done by 2023. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, when we were students uh, and we sat on the other side, uh, while we were there, there weren't a ton of good memories. But then after um, going back as a, an adult or a graduate, whatever you want to call it, I had the chance to be on the other side that just got knocked down. For some really great memories, the 1998 rivalry game where Ken Simonton scores the touchdown in double overtime. Uh, 1999, Tavita Moala scores a win, touchdown to secure the first winning season of our lifetimes. So I'm excited about the new research. It's, it's uh, you know, I'm also very happy to report there were 83 OSU athletes uh, that made the Pac-12 academic honor roll for the fall term. Mm -hmm. And 41 of those came from the football program, which means they're not just uh, making improvements and strides yeah. on the football field. They're also getting it done in the classroom, which is the reason they are there. Um, and uh, team GPA was a 3.0 for fall term. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, good for them. I mean, there's going to be a life after football. So, so good for them for getting their education. Um, official signing day took place and uh, the Beavers landing most of their top recruits, which is good. They have some big holes to fill with some players headed for the NFL, some transfers and some just get, getting ready to graduate. So that's great. Uh, they also hired a new cornerbacks coach and Anthony Perkins, who uh, comes from uh, Colorado State, where he's been for the last few years long list of other college jobs and uh, season as a defensive backs coach with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, where you got to work with some of the best defensive backs coaches around. So welcome to Corvallis, Coach Perkins. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. 
Yeah. Uh, we'll circle around to the good news in a minute uh, as far as basketball and that kind of thing, but we might as well talk about men's basketball having a bad season. There's just – they're having a bad, Terrible. bad season. It's unrecoverable, and Coach Tinkle is probably – extraordinarily confused is just what in the world he can do. Um, I mean, we're looking like J. John, Richie McKay, Eddie Payne territory here. This this team isn't good, and the season can't end soon enough. Uh, they got swept by Utah and Colorado this week, and none of the games were even close. And uh, on to happier stuff. Yeah, let's uh, definitely move on. There's definitely more happy things to talk about. Let's get to some teams that are doing good in Gill Coliseum first wrestling mm -hmm. in the last week of uh january here uh 157 pounder hunter willits was named pac 12 wrestler of the week so congratulations to that the team won three out of four dual meets in january and came up just a bit short against the number 14th ranked uh, arizona state uh always tough um yeah, no they, they started this month in february because i should note we're recording on february 6th in the morning um, they started in, this month off with another win against Cal Poly Mustangs, uh, winning six out of the four matchups with Grant scoring his 20th match, 20th winning match of the season. Um, so let's keep the good stuff rolling. Let's talk about gymnastics. Yeah, and that's awesome. Uh, you know, and I see on YouTube um, all the highlights of the other gymnasts that were on the uh, Olympic team. Not a ton about Jade Carey, which is kind of mm -hmm. a bummer. But then you you go to osubeavers.com or or anything about uh, the beavers and and you can see what Jade Carey's been doing. It's been amazing. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, she was the conference gymnast of the week in the final week of January. Uh, Miss Carey had uh, four consecutive all around wins and she's got twenty total individual wins thus far this season. And you can see the impact of having her and the uh, what it's doing to the rest of the team. They're all really stepping it up, and that's just fantastic. Uh, they showed a lot of resilience after they lost a tough one to Cal. Cal is number 10 or 11 in the country. Uh, they came back to squeak past Arizona State with, uh, again, Jade Carey. Uh, she notched the first perfect 10 of the season on the parallel bars, um, uneven bars, rather. Uh, so OSU's rolling, and the Pac-12, of course, is uh, just uh, the conference of champions, to use their cliche. Yep. And so only having a... One loss uh, in the conference thus far and ranked number 13 in the country. OSU is on a roll. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. And there's other stuff going on outdoors. And then we'll uh, get back to women's basketball, too. So let's uh, what's yeah. outdoors? Yeah, so men's golf got their spring season started in Hawaii, uh, finishing sixth in a 19-team event in Wailea. And the women's team is preparing to start their season on the 25th. Women's track and field has started up. Uh, UW at the UW Invitational Junior, Kay Kaylee Mitchell just obliterated the team record in the 3,000 meters. I mean, her nine minute three and 26 seconds broke the old record by 20 seconds. And Dang. Good <laughs> yeah, right. Like, That's a big, big, uh, big difference. Yeah. Yeah. So third place at the meet. Uh, yesterday, they finished off competition at the, w uh, the WSU Invitational and Open in Spokane and over the event, the Beavers had 15 top 10 finishes in an event featuring athletes from all over the West. Um, at one point, the throwers had to compete twice in the same day, and they all had higher scores the second time around. So, again, they, OSU still has amazing throwers. <laughs> so this team is on a roll as the conference season starts out here. 
Yeah, that's awesome, man. Good to get that momentum going uh, early on. Uh, bats, balls, and gloves talk. Uh, softball team had one player gain some individual recognition. This is one of their top recruits. They signed in 2020. Freshman Eliana Gottlieb, uh, she's been named to the Israeli national team. So that's an exciting honor and opportunity for her. Uh, as far as baseball goes, the Beavers are heading down to surprise Arizona. Um, and they are nationally ranked in a bunch of the different uh, polls. Their highest ranking being number 11 in Baseball America. Of course, preseason polls don't mean anything, but this is a team returning a lot of starters that made it to a final game through the loser's bracket, mind you, yep. in a tough regional last year. And so there's plenty to be optimistic about. Uh, also, left-handed pitcher Cooper Jerpy was named second-team preseason All-America. This kid can deal. I'm excited about this. Uh, he pitched lights out at times last year, but one of the reasons they didn't make it through uh, past regionals was when the pitching was hot, the offense wasn't there sometimes. So hopefully this year they'll bring it all together. But uh, in the conference, batters only hit 207 against him last year, racked up 62 whiffs in just 49 and wow. two-thirds innings. Guy's filthy. I, I can't wait to see him do, the, do his thing this year. So it's exciting. Cool. So, yeah. Cool, cool. Almost. So, yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. So now we get to the really good stuff, at least as far as I'm concerned, which is women's basketball. Um, they've had a tough go of it for the season. You know, they start off the season with a string of four four games canceled slash postponed. Um, so now that, you know, they got a late start to the Pac-12 season. Yeah. Uh, the Pac-12 is, you know, they're making up, they're packing in the makeup game. So on Wednesdays. So in some weeks, they're having a Wednesday game, Friday game, and a Sunday game. So not a lot of time off at this point for this team uh, during the season. Not a lot of rest. And again, they they started the season with the Pac with the Pac-12 visit from Arizona, which is a tough team. I think they were ranked seventh or tenth. I think they're ranked seventh now. So it was a tight loss. They played them really tough. Lost. Uh, they had a chance to take it at the end. They lost by two. Um, then they turned around, and next two days they won in OT against the makeup game against Colorado. Uh, Colorado was ranked at the time. I think they're ranked 20th or 22nd or something like that. that but OSU pulled it out, won in overtime. Uh, then they went up to Washington and split games with Washington. Um, one of those games was postponed, and again, it became a midweek game. Um and then they had to come right home and make a home stand against the LA schools, which they swept. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, so that was an awesome weekend. Um, and then this just this last Friday, they you know they were down at ASU. Uh, they had a, a tough loss. They were playing it was a really tight game, really tough loss. Uh, the score does not reflect that because they ended up losing the game by like 10 or more points but right. it was down to a less than a minute you know down by two type play uh, that was going to decide the game and uh coach ruick lost his cool there and drew a string of technicals which is kind of uncharacteristic for it him. is a little so, out of character yeah yeah so i'm kind of curious as what he actually said to the ref because they teed him up just bang 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 like that wow. and kicked him out of the game um, and that's what decided it, you know, their one of their players just started draining free throws. And that was, that's, that was the score. Mm -hmm. Um, now I, while I agree with coach that some of those calls were bogus, like there were two very 
obvious fouls on Ellie Mack underneath the basket in the fourth quarter, in my opinion, that the refs were just, I don't know what the what game they were watching, but, but, you know, that was my view. Um, and then, but the team had a very tough time at the free throw line, which could have changed the game. And when the Beavers got possession at the last, I think it was less than 30 seconds. Um, I was surprised that coach didn't call a timeout because he usually in those situations, they get a rebound. He'll call a timeout. They advance the ball, but he just went for it. He called the play. He called the play from the bench. They were running a play. Uh, Ellie Mack, you know, got down into the baseline area. I thought she was fouled. This is one of those plays where I thought she was fouled going to the basket, but she kind of got stuck on the baseline and got trapped underneath. And then I think, what happened was at that moment, Coach Root was like, let's take a timeout then. So he's standing next to the referee, and I think he's saying timeout. First, I think he's saying, you missed a foul down there. Then I think he's trying to call timeout, and the ref ended up, you know, caused trouble, missed that call, and then Arizona State yeah. comes up with the ball, right? So then he just blew up. Uh, but you know, so one could argue that if you would have called that timeout a little earlier, ran one of their inbound plays got to get the score, could have all been avoided. But whatever, I think the rest this year have just been awful, awful mm. all the well, way around. You know? It was uh, in Arizona, so maybe they were thinking about, uh, you know, Sonoran hot dogs or something after the yeah. game. Maybe, maybe. They, they were just hangry or something. That could happen. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But I think the rest this year have been. I think they have a couple new referees and they're kind of learning the ropes. I've seen some plays up at up in Gill Coliseum where I'm scratching my head, like what was the ref watching, you know, like real obvious ones, like who knocked the ball out, that sort of thing where I'm kind of yeah. like, uh, I don't know what's going on here. But again, this team has a lot of potential. They're just having trouble getting at the click and now they got to do it in this really compressed time frame. So if, you know, it's if, big if at this point, big, big if. But if they can get into the tournament, I think this is a very dangerous, dangerous team to be facing because uh, they could make a run. They have a lot of deep talent. They're as talented as anybody. Um, you know, again, unfortunately, they, they just announced some bad news on Friday that Taylor Jones is out for the rest of the season with a shoulder injury. Nice. But, yeah, it's a big loss. But the team has shown in the past, you know, she's been missing for, I think they said 12 games this season anyway. Yeah. And the, the team, like the players are stepping up, like oh, Ellie yeah. Mack basically had a perfect game against Colorado. Didn't miss a shot. I think she went from six for six and didn't miss a shot against Colorado. Uh, Talia went Von Olaf and went off against the LA schools, you know, yeah, 31, did. I think it's a career high 30. I can't remember for career highs 31 or 34, but 31 against USC and 21 against UCLA, which UCLA is a tough team. Uh, Yelena Mitrovic has stepped in. You know, she's a look, she's still a little bit raw, but, you know, I really think, um, again, she's going to be a fantastic player as she develops and learns the the game of the Pac-12. And, and what I really like recently, she's been showing some fire, like, Getting getting in referees' faces and like showing some anger, you know. So that's kind Sounds of sounds like it's necessary this season. So. Yeah, I think so. I do think so. Um, then you know, just strong contributions from a 
from around, you know, Emily Cotting, and Greta, newcomers Greta and AJ Murat are playing well, you know, t- really good on defense. You know, they make some miscues on offense, but I think their defense is solid. And then, you know, they're hitting shots. Uh, we should note, you know, Taya Adams, the senior transfer, uh, she's topped a thousand points in her career just recently. So good for her. Congratulations to her. Um, Taya Corsdale has just, it's cool to see her. Now she's listed as a redshirt junior, but I do kind of think this will be her last year. I mean, of course, if she wants to stay, I think that would be great. But, um, you know, she's showing a lot of floor leadership, whether that's stepping up and scoring, which she's done. I think she scored a career high just recently. And then just strong, strong defense. You know, her and Kennedy Brown are top 10 in blocks. Kennedy Brown is playing well uh, when the refs aren't calling her for some BS stuff. Um, so her game is looking really sharp or, and so and poised to get better. So I, I think, again, if they can just tough this out, um, they can and get into the tournament, I think that would be good for them. You know, I think oh, they definitely. have the potential. And uh, Coach Rook just got uh, extended on his contract, yep. too. Uh, yep. It's just great to see this team. They continue to play with the kind of heart. Um, and uh, when they face adversity, they, they don't uh, just roll over. And that's kind yeah. of awesome. Uh, yep. You know, it's going to be tough without Taylor Jones because she's such a big, big part of both the offense and the defense with the size and the um, – Footwork could improve, yeah. and the shot and was her, coming along. And yeah, and, her length is just just massive, right? So yeah, it's a and, good, uh, good now I saw on the uh, Instagram, I think it was on one of the one of the games you stopped at Claude Felters, and that that took me back. Yep. I was a bit uh, nostalgic there. Um, haven't been to Claude Felters in years. What uh, what burger did you grab there? Yeah, so I mean, it's uh, my wife. My you know, I just got married last year, yeah. and, and so I've been taking her to games and. So I'm taking her all the all the familiar haunts. So this time it was Claude Felters. Uh, so we got the Monroe Street Monster, and she's looking at me. You know, she's reading at the menu, and she's kind of looking at me. She's like, "This is Death Burger." Yeah, yeah, right. She's like, "Bacon, <laughs> cream cheese, and mushrooms all in one burger." And I'm like, "No, no, trust me, it's good." And it's, of it's course, really good, yeah, yeah. So of course she has it. And she's like, "Yeah, this is really good. I wouldn't think to put cream cheese on a burger, but." And the mushrooms were done really nice, and I was like, "Yeah, it's good. That's why it's that's why this place has been around for as long awesome. as it has." Been. I, I mean, I went there freshman year, um, and that yeah. was the third or four years ago. Yeah, and uh, I went there with a bunch of guys from Finley Hall, and it was a different time. Much of my friends from Salem, one of us was twenty-one at the time, uh, and they only checked ID on the person buying, so that was yeah. usually fun for everybody because he could get however many glasses he needed. But we finished maybe our second or third pitcher, and I went up to the bar to order, and I was 19, but because I was with a group that had already been served, they weren't as strict back then, so I ordered, but I was a bit into one. I I had some trouble spitting out my order. I was like, uh, I'll have a pitcher of sale ale full, please. I mean, wait, ale sale full, please. I mean... Let's have a picture of Henry's, please. And they they served us, and uh, you know, but there's th- th- different times. We got absolutely leg- legless, but uh, different time. OS, uh, you know, OLCC rules were not as tough back then. Uh, you know, statute limitations uh, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I miss Claude Felters. Got to go down there for a burger pretty soon. Yeah, I think uh, you know what's next on our list. Uh, a place near and dear to your history is. Uh, Woods, you know, Woodstock's Pizza. So oh, yeah. I keep go telling there. her, yeah, that we got to go to Woodstock's Pizza. So hopefully we'll make it down there for that. 
Let's hope so. Yeah. Well, uh, let's take a look at the calendar coming up, I guess, huh? Yeah, let's take a look at what's coming. You know, unfortunately, uh, there's men's basketball games are coming that they're going to have to endure through. So, you know, sometime this week, you know, the team hopefully shows up uh, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Men's and women's golf get going in earnest late this month. Uh, base, baseball gets to play in Corvallis uh, of the Southwest Surprise, Arizona, uh, starting against New Mexico on the 18th. Uh, track and field has the Husky Invitational on the 11th. Uh, st softball starts on the 11th as well at the Candrea Classic in Tucson, uh, where they'll face three different teams over the weekend. So again, uh, good start for them. Uh, wrestling takes on Cal State Bakerfield on the 19th and Stanford on the 20th, with the conference tournament right around the corner on March 6th. Gymnastics faces the Huskies at Gill on the 13th. Uh, women's basketball try to bounce back. They're in, uh, it's going to be a tough stretch here um, to bounce back against that loss on Friday against a very tough Arizona team today, later today, coming up in about an hour and a half. Um, then no rest as they make, they have a makeup game against Stanford taking on uh, Wednesday before taking on the green and yellow at home Ooh. next weekend. <laughs> on friday and then they got to play them again on sunday for which you know if they don't jam in another makeup game um they they get to uh, face they get the reward of facing stanford again on the Man. 18th um so we'll see you know they're playing very tough teams the next couple weeks uh so it's going to be uh you know and one of those games is a makeup game. So they got a short week and one week there. So it's going to be very tough. Um, and then let's not forget senior day on the 20th versus Cal. So, you know, knock on wood, nothing happens to that. We have, we've had to live without a senior day the past year. And I think uh, all the Beaver fans always want to go to a senior day oh, yeah. and, and say goodbye to, you know, players that have been here and who are leaving. It's a little unclear. Again, I don't know. I know Ellie Mack, it, it will be one for sure. I don't know what the senior transfers are doing. I don't know um, what Taya Corstel is doing. You know, I think she might be ready to leave. I think she's been here five years. So, um, but I know it seems like she has another year of eligibility, but the way she's playing, she may want to test the uh, European professional waters. So we'll see what oh, she's yeah. doing. So, um, that about does it for this episode of Orange, Black, and Beyond. Uh, any last words, Pete, for you? Or? Well, you know what? Uh, the Super Bowl is next week, and uh, <laughs> there is one former Beaver, the last man standing in, uh, in the NFL playoffs uh, for from OSU, the punter, Mr. Uh, Johnny Hecker, who's yep. in his 10th year in the NFL. And uh, remember about three years ago, I think it was, when the Rams and Patriots played in the Super Bowl? Johnny Hecker was within a few hairs of actually being the game's MVP because it was a like a 9-3 score or something like that. And he put Tom Brady in tough positions all day long because the Rams' offense couldn't do anything. Now, I'm not rooting for a big game from a punter, uh, but I, I hope that Mr. Hecker, uh, if he does get in, has a couple of good uh, bombs down the field. So. Yeah, no, that, let's hope he gets a ring, right? Let's hope there you go. Exactly. There you go, right? Um, so we'll get together again in a few weeks as the seasons progress. 
making that transition from uh, women's basketball, which I hope will have a good end of the season here, and uh, baseball, softball, who we hope have a good start to their season. So uh, yeah. thanks for listening, and uh, go Beavs. Go Beavs.